Hello, everyone, and welcome to Geek Rant, episode 223, On the Fly. Recorded January 17th, 2016, and brought to you by Element OP Productions. ElementsOP.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the show where we geek and we rant and we let our geek flag fly. I am your host, Mark, the Sultan of the Soapbox Cockerel, and joining me this week, as always, is your good friend and mine, Seth, the Gooey Kid Anderson. Hey, Seth, how are you? Pretty good, Mark, and welcome to all of the Element Opiites. Glad you're here. And we also have a special last-minute fill-in guest, your friend and mine. You all, Everybody listening to this podcast should know him uh, because we have a significant crossover audience. But the uh, door-to-door geek, Mr. Steve McLaughlin, has stepped in last minute to fill in for our missing um, command line godfather. Hey, door. Hey, um, I'm not gonna lie. I was tempted to just send in like 55 different voicemails, and then you can <laughs> just pick call and it choose. good. Yeah, and then just pick and choose which ones to play when and make it work. That would be interesting. It'd be you know, what do you think about that door? And then just hit random door voicemail number one and yes. see what it is. That could be fascinating sometimes. It could be, but I'll also <laughs> say, I you never astound me, Mark. You are the only podcaster I know who who has in stone a show name before the show even starts that's dedication yeah yeah sure um we, i have a title but it doesn't necessarily mean anything i make them up on the fly hey see what i did there but uh uh-huh. yeah. um so yeah a lot of shows in fact on on our periodic table show we would take something from the show and go back later and record the intro um and that turned out to be a lot of effort <laughs> so i stopped doing it so, well, so are you going to go back and add four new episodes to that show? I'm just wondering. Uh, I, I would like to at some point. Okay. Uh, well, because there's four new elements added, so you know. that would be that would be great. Um, I, I, I'm sorry. Should, that, maybe that was too nerdy. I, I should have sorry. done something. I really should have caught that, and I just I'm feeling bad now that I missed it. Um, yeah, I mean, I still see w- weird news stories, and I go. I read the story and I go, this has to be from Florida exactly. just off the headline. <laughs> and I go, it is from Florida. Oh my gosh. So there's something crazy about that state. The, uh, the vlog brothers did a, did a whole, you, you, you know, those guys, the green brothers, the vlog yeah, brothers, yeah. they did a whole thing about Florida. Why, why does all the weird news come out of Florida? It was well, pretty and it made sense. Yes. And it made absolute sense, but it still doesn't change the fact that I'm mildly afraid to go to Florida. Yeah. Florida people be weird. Um, it's it's that interesting juxtaposition of of southern rednecks and northern snowbirds uh, and, you know, the Disney environment and the meth head environments. They all swirl around right there. Um, it's uh, it's fascinating and somewhat frightening. Right. And then the uh, freedom disclosure right. of any crime immediate act they have down there. All right. So I, uh, I, I need some I need some advice from some of your more hardware uh, uh, experienced people out there. Uh, so I I managed to pour an entire quart of water, a 32-ounce tumbler of water, on my laptop. Um, Golf clap. Not just my laptop, actually. My laptop, my Harmony remote, uh, three chargers, you know, just all over that, that, that table that all of us geeks have that have all the stuff on it. Yeah, I spilled it on that table. Um, and actually, it spilled down onto a second laptop uh, and onto a tablet. Um, but I've, I managed to to get everything shut down and dry it off for the most part. Now, in fact, I'm actually using that laptop right now. But on the number tap pad, it's one of those laptops with a separate 10 key, the 2 
doesn't work. Of all the things that could have gone wrong with it, that's the only problem. The two no longer works. Anybody have any ideas how I can fix a two that was probably damaged by water? Yeah. Buy a new laptop yeah. <laughs> or buy a new keyboard. Buy a new keyboard. That's, uh, I don't know. I, I would like, actually, I, I, was cons- I was mildly disappointed that more damage wasn't done because this laptop's a couple of years old and there's nothing wrong with it. I just want a new one. Um, and that was a good opportunity and, and it didn't. It didn't work in my uh, favor. Oh, so this is one of those air quote accidentally <laughs> spilling water. I see now. At first, I was concerned, but now I am amused. No, it was a spewing invectives and saying words I didn't want my children to hear spilling water is what it was. Bummer. Uh, dude, so just the two. Uh, here's a weird thing. If you take the number lock off, does the uh, down arrow work? I would just be curious. That's a good question. Let's see. Number lock off, down arrow, no nothing. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Do you have so, any friends in Florida by any chance? <laughs> I do. I have one. Maybe you could send them the laptop and let them borrow it for a day or two. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that would accomplish, but uh, could end up in a crocodile. <laughs> could end up, you know, balancing off the top of a McDonald's Actually, archway. I, I once sent a laptop to uh, Steve Cherubino to repair because you know he's the laptop repair god uh he doesn't do that anymore but uh, back when he was and i intentionally insured it for more than it was worth and sh- and packed it poorly hoping that it would get damaged in shipping and dang it the usps got it there in one piece oh i know that because he vented on me <laughs> for half an hour about he could not believe how poorly it was packed yes and and he yeah. went and bought a you know a special designed box and every, and and I, I was just kind of hoping it would come back broken but no he he got a box and packed it really well and sent it back to me uh, but I was just hoping that I could get the USPS to buy me a new laptop and it didn't work out. <laughs> well, bummer. Darn it, they're good at their job. Yeah, I guess if your one job is shipping stuff, you were probably decent at shipping stuff. Yeah, unless it's a pen, and then you never know. <laughs> Yeah, we, we really we don't know. They could have very well have shipped it smartly, and it could be somewhere around my house as we speak. I've done. I don't know why. It, we, I'm sorry. I promised you a tighter show, and then I'm rambling way more than normal. But for some reason, I noticed here in Atlanta, it takes so much longer for mail to move. May, probably because of the traffic here. I'm sure that's related. But in Texas, you could send something from anywhere in Texas to anywhere else in Texas in two days. And Texas is the size of about four other states. At, uh, Georgia is is a smaller state, and the population is smaller still. Most, like eighty percent, nah, not that much. Seventy percent of the population of the of the state is in the Atlanta metro area. So you'd think you'd be able to get anything anywhere, but no, it takes like six days to get something from from one part of, of Georgia to another. Um, I don't know what that why that is. <clears throat> easy, easy answer: drones. <laughs> so the drones can fly out in West Texas, and they can't hear. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, no, you need drones there because there's all that open space up there you could freely be using, but no, you're clogging up the highways and byways and freeways. So, Seth, uh, have you you haven't yet? the The month is not over, but uh, when when is your when's your first of twelve five case? Um, it is scheduled for the thirtieth because I wanted to give myself the whole month to. And I'm not expecting much from this one. I'm you know crossed the finish line having run a good portion of it but you know 
I'll get my time and stuff and see how I'm going. But, you know, I've been working. I do my uh, walk in like at least five days a week and three of those. I call it lumbering now. So uh, I lumber around and I up the number of lumbering laps every time I do that. So getting there and uh, I haven't given up yet. So yay me. I uh, I told you early at the first show of the year that I would let you know if I was going to to embark on that with you and I still haven't decided. I I'm just I'm I'm physically pretty messed up um in terms of, you know, uh some bad joints and and just being really fat and I don't know that I can actually make 5k even walking. Uh so I I I want to spiritually. I want to do it, but but the 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 flesh is weak. Well, yeah, and I went like Friday. I went and um our office building has a a little workout slash gym area. So I went in there, weighed myself and I was so depressed. I was like 385, which, um, you know, granted I had my work clothes on instead of gym clothes, but I've been, I thought, man, I thought I had been losing a little bit of this weight back again. So I must've got back up to a lot heavier to have lost a little. So I was kind of depressed whenever I saw how much I weighed, but I went home and ran anyway. So yay. Yeah. Good, good on you. That's what you're supposed to do. Um, so I don't have any listener feedback this week because all the feedback is still about the Facebook thing. And I said I was going to put all that together. Uh, so nobody sent me anything about anything other than that. So no, no mini rants is what we've decided to call them on this show. Yeah. I rant and Seth rants for the whole hour and you guys get little mini rants, but nothing this week. So let's jump straight into the news where Comcast proves that they still suck. <laughs> yeah, this story, um, you know, everybody who knows, you know, okay, com any ISP thing, they want you to rent their router so they can get that monthly charge. And so what do you do to save money? You go out to Wally World or elementop.com slash Amazon and you get a router to um, go and get rid of that charge. Well, what Comcast has decided is they want to send you a steady stream of pop-ups that they inject into the website. So they're almost next to impossible to filter out saying, Hey, we just wanted to let you know you're not using our router. And since you're not using our router, we wanted to let you know that. And so they, um, they pop it up. And anyway, like I say, they just do a great job of pissing off customers. If there's one thing they excel at, it's that. And so yay, Comcast. So I'm not really, are, they must be rerouting the DNS in order to do that because they still well, control the other side of the router. So I guess they could do that. Well, yeah, but they will do a pop-up that uh, says, uh, you know, our records indicate that the cable modem, which you currently use, may not be able to receive the full range of our speeds because we throttle them, but they didn't, they left that part out. So to ensure you're receiving full benefits, please replace your cable modem. And they want you to use theirs because that way they can get some more money off of you. This can't be happening already, can it? Yeah, apparently it is because there's, um, there's screenshots of it happening. So, so the, the update at the bottom of the article says any Doxus 3.0 modem will stop them from doing it. Uh, so, okay. I totally understand why they want their customers to have a Doxus 3.0, which is not a new standard at all. But if you're complaining about poor speeds and you have a crappy old router, then they get the blame for it. So on that uh, side, I can, I can see their point here. But it is completely unconscionable to rewrite web pages like that. That's, it should be illegal, frankly. Um, 
but there's just no reason at all for them to be able to do that. That's what I think. And, you know, and again, it's, it's quote unquote their web so they can do what they want to do. But I just think this is a time where they have to know what they're doing and they have to not care. And that's why they're doing it. I can't imagine that this is somebody who says, Hey, this would be a great thing to do and not realizing that this is just going to tick people off. But you know, this is the same conversation we end up having all the time. They have an effective monopoly, um, over their customers. So you don't have anywhere else to go, but your, you know, your cable people, maybe they get DSL, maybe, but, um, it, you know, it, if you don't bundle, then they charge you more for your cable. And so, like I say, they have an effective, if not outright monopoly over those people so they can do whatever they want to, to them. And this is just proof that they don't care about their customers. Uh, but you know, I guess I really don't care about cattle. I just, you know, want them for what they get me. So maybe that explains it. I just, uh, I'm, I'm puzzled and, and confused by how it's legal for them to perform a man-in-the-middle attack. That's exactly what this is. Well, if it's non-SSL traffic, which I guarantee you they cannot do this to SSL traffic, uh, it's deep packet inspection, which other countries have gotten in trouble for doing this kind of thing before. And I know one or two companies here thought about re- like taking other people's ads and, re- and replacing them with their ads and got in trouble for it. So I can't believe they wouldn't get in trouble for it. But I'll also say I heard maybe the most accurate description of how to make Comcast a functionally useful company. And that is you take the war of drugs and you legalize all drugs, but you make Comcast support be the salesman of those drugs. Because <laughs> then nobody would ever get drugs. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah, I like that. I'm not even sure how to respond to that. So I'm just going to move right on to uh, Seth. I, I love the, uh, the what he put. Intel demonstrates that math is hard for computers. Um, Facebook demonstrated that math is hard for people when everybody thought they would get $4.3 million if, uh, mm. if they split the jackpot. You know, first, that one had to be like I, some of the original ones. People knew it was a joke. Hopefully, people weren't that stupid. But yeah, so, um, you know, this ties in with another story that we'll cover here in a second. But Intel's newest processor, Skylake, um, they have these programs where they are able to hunt for really huge prime numbers. And apparently, um, this program locks up computers. And so it, you know, we talked, um, it was many, many, what was it 10, 15 years ago with the flaw in the yeah, Pentium? The floating, that, yeah, the floating point. Yes. So it appears to have came back with a vengeance. Um, there's an update saying that it might be a BIOS, uh, update that fixes this, but, uh, yeah. So Intel makes great chips and occasionally those chips can perform math at a, um, a pretty good level. But, um, Prime 95 is the program. It works by multiplying large numbers together and it uses an algorithm. User after user was consistently able to, um, show that it locks up the processor. So um, hopefully there's a fix and hopefully it is a BIOS issue and not where they're turning off some functionality of the chip. Um, I don't really know what they're doing, but I just thought it was 
you know, everything is moving forward, but sometimes in the race to move forward, you forget to do the simple things to make sure going forward is worthwhile. So you might wonder why this is a big deal, that that a, that a computer can't do complex fast Fourier transforms on large prime numbers. Uh, how is that going to affect you in your daily life? Uh, let me tell you how, because everything we do security-wise is based entirely upon fast Fourier transforms of large prime numbers. Uh, the SSL, which Doors already mentioned, all the encryption is all about the fact that, that it's mathematically uh, complicated to factor large prime numbers. And so if, and as we get, you know, more, uh, deep into the world of, of, of obfuscation and encryption, the, the fact we're going to need to, to be able to do larger and larger numbers more and more quickly. So this is a bigger deal than it sounds like if it's an architecture flaw, because that could mean that then Intel literally can't move to the future with this architecture. Yeah, it's mathematically hard, but it's also time consuming on processors to figure out those large prime numbers. Um, I, I have not heard Prime 95, I swear, for a decade. And the last time I thought I heard it, it was for um, benchmarking, for like pushing your processor to the limit to see if it would blow up, lock up, freeze up. Well, turns out it does if you're, <laughs> if you're using one of these. Um, so it, it's, it's just an interesting uh, conundrum that uh the fact the thing that the the security world most depends on is is the thing that breaks intel's computers well and not to sound dumb i'm kind of happy it's hard to do these large prime numbers because the easier it becomes that means the quicker it will be for someone like the nsa to look at those stockpiles of data and decrypt it right just saying yeah, what was it? Uh, I can't remember. I think it was on Security Now several years ago that uh, there was a guy, I think, in Brazil had a yep. had an encrypted hard drive, sent it to the NSA to see if they could crack it, and the NSA spent a couple years pounding on it and said, nope, no good, sorry. Yeah, he had like six or eight hard drives where the NSA had large clusters built from cell processors, a.k.a. PlayStation 3s, where they thought, we got this, we got this, and after like two and a half, three years, they finally just pushed the hard drives back and said, we we can't get into these. At least that's what they said. They may or may not have been telling the truth on that. So <laughs> Yeah, they actually cracked it and uh, have been using the data because it was useful. I don't know. Um, next up, Microsoft says, new processors will only work with Windows 10. Um, well, that's interesting. Seth, you yeah, go ahead. These, um, these uh, Skylake platform that they're moving to the one that we just talked about that can't do yeah. prime numbers yes um when microsoft is not going to basically update the kernels for seven or eight or 8.1 to run on these so even though technically these products will be supported for you know years moving forward um Microsoft isn't going to support them on newer hardware. So, you know, it's a, it's a loophole that they're adding in for, um, you know, to limit legacy code, I guess. I just thought this was an interesting story because, um, you know, Windows 7 is going to be supported through 2020 and 8.1 through 2023, but yet they won't be supported on basically anything newer than what we have today. So in five years, if you want to be running seven or 8.1, you're not going to be able to, um, you're just going to have to move on to the next version of windows. Whenever you buy your new computer door, what are your thoughts on this? 
I'm not shocked at all, number one, but I'm shocked it won't run at all. I figured in typical Microsoft way, they would put a kernel in there, but it would really suck and move really slow, like Windows XP with 256 mega RAM kind of slow. Um, this is just another way that I believe Microsoft learned so bad. I mean, if you look at their back, it's covered in scars and holes and pits and burn marks from what happened with XP with no one upgrading. So they're doing everything in their power to force everyone as quick as possible to get on this heavily controlled and maintained wagon we call Windows 10. You know, I, and I'm going to maybe surprise some people and say I have absolutely no problem with this. Uh, you know, Windows NT, uh, when they moved to that, they left the, the DEC Alpha uh, processor behind and people moaned about it. And they left the, the, the Sun workstation and the Spark 10 uh, because Microsoft used to run on every anything. That was their thing. Windows on everything. And then they uh, began to focus entirely on the x86 architecture. And then it was x86 plus uh, the 64-bit. Um, it doesn't bother me that that they want to move ahead on what is the newest thing. What, what will bother me, though, is if the competing, the AMD processors, for example, also aren't included in the list. It won't bother me if they leave the legacy behind, but if they, if they lock into only Intel's Skylake platform, that's going to bother me. In fact, I think that's a ridiculously dumb thing to do, uh, but that doesn't mean that they won't do it. Windows, Microsoft has been doing ridiculously dumb things for decades and getting away with it. Um, so that I think this is less uh, uh, a uh, way to get out of your support contract and more a way to make sure that we're moving forward in a sensible manner. Well, you know, I understand where you're coming from, and I totally get that. The only problem is they say they support it through 2023. So and or they do. 2020. But they but don't say that every new processor through 2023 gets updated. Well, I mean, but then you're not providing support for your OS. You're changing, you're not changing the terms, but you're changing the definition of the terms. So, hmm. so, so I see support and I read uh, security updates, not feature updates. That's not support. And, and a new processor is a feature, not, not a, a re- fix. Oh, well, I, I don't know. I just think it's, you know, I understand the fact that you can't go back and support a 286 machine, you know, on Windows 10 or whatever. That's, I understand. But here it is. You're, we've got another five, six, seven years left on support. And you're saying that you're not going, not saying it won't work. You're just not going to support it on any new hardware that comes out for the next six or seven years. This uh, operating system that you can still buy and is still valid and is still supported by Microsoft. Can you still buy 8.1? Um, yeah. Okay. I think you can buy 10 and downgrade. I don't think you can actually buy an 8.1 license. Um, well, I know you one, I think is one that is, well, eight is dead. Yeah. Eight's completely dead. dead. You can still get seven. Cause I just sent a link to a guy two days ago where he, cause he wanted to buy seven. And I think you can still buy eight one. Okay. Cause the way they did the, the seven to XP was you didn't, you couldn't buy an XP license anymore. You could buy seven license, which came with an inherent downgrade. Uh, right. I, I would think that's probably what they're doing. When you're buying eight, you're not actually buying eight. You're buying 10 with a downgrade. You can buy the media for 10 but not the license. The license, or the media for eight, but the license is for 10. It's, it's what I think. 
Gotcha. I, I could I could actually have done some research before the show, but well, no. They, and I'll I'll throw in I partially, and by partially I mean a large degree could really care less about this news because I'm a Lennox household now for businesses where I work and kind of thing. It, this might cause an issue, but we're by our definition of what we do, we are constantly behind at work, so we're always in pain right. and suffering and trying to get forward. Yeah, my um, my business, you know, large corporate entity just moved to seven just recently, you know, and so I, I get where you're coming from. It's going to be a big deal, but we're also running on old hardware. You know, it, we're not running the latest and greatest hardware. We, we I had to uh, have a couple of uh, levels above me decision making why why it approved me for a 64-bit workstation because the 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 spreadsheets i do were too big to fit in four gigs of ram uh so i had to i had to do that but it took you know like an act of of congress to make that happen so all corporate entities are behind but they're behind in both software and hardware so i don't think it's going to be a big hitch well yeah and the only the only thing that see what the only thing that, that really questions me about work is does skylake have 32 can you install a 32-bit version of windows on skylake because they wanted to kill 32-bit a while back they couldn't you can literally now still upgrade uh windows 7 32-bit all the way up to windows 10 32-bit um at my job we're having a very difficult time shifting to 64-bit so if there's no such thing as a 64 uh, a 32-bit Skylake processor, then I can tell you for uh, certain places, this will be an extremely painful move. Yeah. Just a, I, I just want to break here. Uh, a listener sent me a link to an XKCD uh, cartoon. Uh, it's uh, I love XKCD. Uh, panel left, it's a, a crypto nerd's imagination. One guy says, his laptop's encrypted. Let's build a multi-million dollar cluster to crack it. No good. It's 4096-bit RSA. Blast! Evil plan is foiled. What would actually happen? His laptop's encrypted. Drug him and hit him with a $5 wrench until he tells us the password. Got it. Uh, all right, moving on. In a case of Apple favoring one child over another, uh, their uh, iTunes radio is going to cost you money, but uh, Beats 1 will not. Uh -huh. Yeah, Beats 1, I, basically, they're just trying to figure out another way to get another income stream coming in. And they figure if we start charging for iTunes radio, which really isn't that old, um, it's um it started in like 13 or 14 but as of january 28th all radio stations except for beats one will be available exclusively to apple music members so those radio stations you create or that you want to listen to or things like that um are not going to be there anymore unless you pay them ten dollars a month so you know, I mean, probably a lot of people will do that because they forget there's something called FM that plays music. Um, yeah, so it was just, you know, just another cash grab by a multi-billion dollar company out to ring whatever penny they can from their cattle slash customers. Oh, Seth, think about the children. <laughs> Apple needs to feed their children, for God's sake. You know, I mean, they're, they're only sitting on a more cash than most countries outside of china let them spend some of that money to feed their kids you know i what's interesting is i don't i don't agree with you on this one i i, I suddenly i'm i'm taking the side of big companies tonight what what has gotten into me what's in this water i've been drinking um 
the I think this is just a way for uh, Apple to trim redundant services and go with the one that has the biggest audience. Beats one they bought Beats, um, uh, and they bought it because of the audience, and so their their iTunes Radio their version of Pandora essentially uh, is just an also ran alongside uh, Pandora and uh, Spotify. So I think they're just killing the one without killing it. If you like it, you can you can give us money for it. But I think they they want to move people into uh, uh, Beats One so that they could go to to people and say we have X million people listening to this every day. That's why you should re- release your stuff on Beats One. Hmm. Well. You know, I don't know. It's one of those things. Any other company doing this would probably catch flack, but because it's Apple, there's still too much of that, you know, fanboy juice out there. The promise of the internet is like freedom and free choice and free expression. And it's getting whittled down more and more the things you can do for free. I understand you need to pay, but you did, you paid more for that iPhone than you did your last computer. You pay a ridiculous amount every month to access it, you know, with whatever phone plan you have. And now here's just another charge for what you're already doing. We're going to charge you an extra $120 a year. Just, and you're not going to get anything new. So thank you. Maybe it's nothing more than a, if you want something this convenient, pay money because I, I mean, I know if I want to, I can look out on the interwebs and I can find quote unquote free music services. And maybe it's just because they have your eyeballs locked in and we can install this on your iPhone without you looking nudge, nudge. Why don't you use this music service thing? Um, like, um, you know, like how people in Germany are mad at Google because in the search results, YouTube returns. I mean, they're like favoring their own system. Well, I mean, you know, it ties in with the fact that Apple is getting out of the mobile advertising business because they suck at it, apparently. Um, So because they're not advertising, you know, you listen to the, you know, you listen to the radio for free, you hear ads. Okay, you listen to these music channels for free, you hear ads every so often. Well, Apple is killing that, and so now they're going to charge you up front, and I don't know, I just, I don't like it. I just think it's stupid. But then again, I don't, I don't listen to Pandora or Spotify. I, I, I don't like those services. I tried Pandora. I tried it. I, I just, I don't care about it. So I don't know. I just wanted to, you know, I haven't bashed Apple in a while. I wanted to try to bash them a little bit, uh, as we start the new year and the new show. You know, I want to go back to those roots of what made us great. So in, in one of the most oh. circular, weirdnesses that that the things that that only the internet connected world can create my wife's uh go to music app on her phone is a radio app that streams the radio station from here in Atlanta over the internet rather than going to the radio and and it's what's even worse is she will have the app playing over the bluetooth in the car through the radio nice um and it's it's and it's not her fault, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong. Fault's not even the right word. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just a weirdness of the way the the world works now that people go first to their phone for music and not to the radio. And in fact, you'll use the radio as a way to amplify the phone um, when what you're actually doing on the phone was broadcast 
over the radio waves in the first place. It's um, we're in this weird thing where people still want their background music, and and that's what Pandora is for most of us. It's not, hey, I, I want to jam. It's I need some something in the background so that my ears don't have to listen to silence and I'm not left alone with my own thoughts. Uh, so Pandora is a way to not have to think. Uh, and so is Spotify and, and all these other things. Um, that's what the radio used to be. The people would have a radio in the corner, you know, uh, go back a long time ago. The radio was the center of the living room before right. the television. And then it was relegated to the corner of the, you know, the shop out back where the guys are, are working on cars. There's a radio in the corner. Well, now that music is going to come in over Pandora or Spotify instead, but nobody really cares enough about it. So I think that, that people aren't going to pay for this service. Uh, Pandora found that out. Not many people pay for it. Uh, and so that nobody cares enough about it to actually pay for it. So I think Apple, by charging you for it, is actually trying to kill it. Huh. I would not disagree with that, I guess. I don't know. I, like I said, uh, yeah. So. <laughs> that's why they call him the best color man in the business, folks. Oh, that was, uh, that's going to be my new ringtone. Those last 30 seconds there. That was great. <laughs> I aim to please or please to aim. <laughs> so or something like as that. Miles was talking about last week, uh, what he saw at CES was all sorts of smart home stuff. And the, here's the first new, uh, news story about it. Sony has built a smart home hub into something everybody has a few of in their house already anyway. Yes. Um, it is a multifunctional light. It is a ceiling lamp and it has sensors such as motion for illumination for temperature and humidity. Um, a Wi-Fi radio and a memory card slot. You got a memory card slot in your ceiling fixture. Does that not sound stupid? But a condenser yes. microphone and an, an infrared controller for air conditioners. Now, you know, I'm not a big fan of all the home connectivity yet. I just, I find it creepy, but I think this is the way to go because you're, you're, it's going to be mounted up in your ceiling. So it's going to have line of sight for pretty much anywhere in the room. You're going to be able to see it. So using that is pretty smart has trying to make that like your sensor hub thing. But on the downside, it means that even when your lights off, it's not really off. And that's just another device drawing power 24 seven. So, but I yeah. think this is remarkably stupid. Because the first time someone has to excessively pull out the stepladder and get up to the light and fall, they're going to sue. Why didn't you make it easier for me to get to the SD card slot? <laughs> I just can't figure out what you would do with an SD card slot. I don't know, but this sounds so, this just sounds ridiculous. So I almost purchased recently, and I still haven't ruled out purchasing uh, and a screw-in light bulb. It's a complex, actually, I think it was an LED bulb that goes in a standard socket that is also a Bluetooth speaker. And I thought, I need that in my bathroom where so I can listen to my audiobooks while I'm in the shower, right? And it's something that screws into an already existing light socket. There's never a battery to replace because it's pulling power right off the, mm -hmm. the AC. I think it's brilliant, but at the same time, it's ridiculous. It's, it's worthy of ridicule and brilliant, and many good ideas are the same thing. What I want is all of those. I, I want a whole house full of those, one in every room, so that as I move from room to room, my, my music follows me. And, and then could you do like a Bluetooth have. speaker mesh so that way when you connect to one, you've instantly connected to them all? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I want that. Yeah. And I, I want to be able to put music through my Mark. whole house. I want my entire house to resonate with a single tone. They already have a 
thing to solve that. It's called headphones. <laughs> but I can't do that in the shower. Sure you can. You can get waterproof yeah, ones. Okay. Um, but the, what, what I liked about this, it was, it was no more expensive than both an LED light bulb and a Bluetooth speaker combined. So an LED okay. bulb is like six, eight bucks. A Bluetooth speaker right. is again, six, eight bucks. This thing was like $19. So oh, that's fair. It's perfectly reasonable. And it's actually something that solves a problem. This Sony thing doesn't really solve a problem yet. As, as like Miles said, it's a lot of people trying to solve a problem that they don't know what the problem is yet. Yeah. I don't get the memory card slot. I mean, it, it's a great place just to stick some storage. Why not? But, um, I get everything else. And if you needed a hub, I mean, this would be it. Um, but dude, I don't like the fact that there's a condenser microphone now in every room. So your house is listening to you. Um, I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that. Uh, it just sounds weird, but I don't know. I just thought this was interesting. Um, so Sony is, and you know, and they're going to start this and they're going to release it just in Japan where they are, they are so far ahead of us on like gadgetry and stuff like that so and of course they're a japanese company so i don't have a problem with that i just thought this was a very interesting thing and you know mark your comment there about the the bluetooth light I've, that's the first thing i've heard that kind of makes me go okay i want that <laughs> <laughs> all this well, other it, stuff i haven't wanted but i kind of want that that one could be really useful but i know i can never get anything like this in my house my wife will immediately, vehemently, violently spew venom right at it and knock it right out of the sky. Because um, I was thinking like a uh, Alexa uh, Prime right. Amazon thing. I could get that. That could be really useful. Echo. But if I did, I'd have to bring it down here and put it in my man cave because I don't think she would want it anywhere around. A anything that disrupts her is immensely evil. Period. You know, I I didn't put it in here, but there's a story that now the uh, Echo can narrate your Kindle books now. That's a yeah. that's an update they've rolled out to it. So the home automation thing seems to be getting closer and closer. What I want well, is a smoke detector that you can yell, "I'm just cooking bacon," and it'll turn off. Yes, that Vicky. Yeah, I would happily buy a product based on that. I will also happily vote for a presidential candidate who says. I'm going to get rid of uh, daylight savings time. <laughs> I e e either one of them are just gimmies. Um, maybe this in Japan makes a lot of sense, but I know in America, home automation is inevitable. But I would think Americans, being Americans, would like to have maybe a master ceiling light, but have a console interface on the kitchen island to do all of the management of the hub and not get up a step ladder every time you have to do well I'm, I'm pretty sure you're not actually supposed to interact with this more than once you know you put well, it up there and and everything else is wireless uh it, well, it, it's Mark. wi-fi so you you go to your tablet and you pull up my home rules my life.com and then you you manage it from there no rosemary's you, you baby.com i've already said it once i run linux at my house that means i tinker i can't leave it alone up there there's always something else I could do that could either do something better or worse. And there's only one way to find out. <laughs> you don't have to mount it on the ceiling. You can mount this on the wall has a lamp. There's oh, nothing that yeah. says it has to be on yeah, the ceiling. It could ceiling. be a desk lamp. Um, yeah. Or it could be, you know, you could have one of those little rope things hanging down and uh, 
No, but really the, uh, I think Rope this things. is the, <laughs> the point, the thing to do in the ceiling is not a smart home hub, but a Wi-Fi hub, right? So if, if you could do a, a, a Wi-Fi repeater mesh network, cause you've already got power to it constantly. It would be fairly trivial in, uh, to run, uh, ethernet to it cause it's up in the ceiling in the attic or whatever. So I, I think that's the solution. And maybe this thing could do that. The, the video is in, in Japanese and I was reading the subtitles and I couldn't, couldn't make out exactly what it does. Uh, but I, you know, the idea of taking a, a space that is wasted, and that always has infrastructure. I think it's a good idea. I just think this is more of a uh, let's see if we can first, and then we'll figure out if if we should. But yeah, and I think the hardest thing to answer with this kind of automation thing is where is the hub going to be? My logic is the brains of it need to be on our devices we already have, our phones, our tablets, things like that. Not special $400 boxes you stick in a closet. Yeah, but the problem with that is the brain leaves the house every time you do. And I don't care what happens in my house when I'm gone. But you're not the only one who lives there. And then I just open up a port to the free world and let hackers in from China, and then I can admin it remotely. You don't have to open up that port because that port is already hardwired into whatever device you're using has a gateway. You just haven't found it yet. Especially if you happen to be using a Fortinet router. They wanted to keep up with Cisco in every way, including their hard-coded backdoors. Excellent transition, Seth, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Dor. That was all of us involved <laughs> on that. It does take a village to do a podcast. <laughs> So, yes, um, Fortinet has um, researchers discovered, and now granted, this is in older versions of Fortinet, and it was patched a couple of years ago, but or uh, like a year and a half ago, but there was never an advisory saying that it was going after this particular issue, but they found hard-coded a password that allowed users to get in and backdoor their devices in Fortinet is they're like a gateway security appliance, a firewall device. And one of, and when Fortinet responded to this, their response is just classic. It says, it's not a bug, it's a said, feature. Yeah. This issue was resolved and patch was made available in July, 2014 as part of Fortinet's commitment to ensure the quality and integrity of our code base. This was not a backdoor vulnerability issue, but rather a management authentication issue. The issue was identified by our product security team as part of their regular review and testing efforts. After careful analysis and investigation, we were able to verify this issue was not due to any malicious activity by any party, internal or external, and it gives a version. So if it, if you hard-coded a password that allowed remote access to your device and it wasn't malicious, then it was incompetent stupidity. So way to go Fortinet. <laughs> you admitted that you were incompetently stupid and you only figured this out a year and a half ago. Nobody meant to be evil. We just meant to be bad at what we do. There, There's a difference. It's not a bug. Yeah. It's a feature. Well, yes. and, and there's still a lot of parts that went into this to make this happen that are still in the firmware, said the researcher. So then they were purposefully ignorant moving forward. Yeah. So there's this, this didn't show up in one re one release and removed in another release. This was there for who knows how long before they got around to finding it. So, you know, again, in people's rush, you know, coding is hard. I understand that or every, everybody would be able to pull up and design stuff, but 
how do you, and we know we've talked about this. I can't get this to work, but I just want to be able to see while I'm testing it. I don't want to have to be there. So on the test, you know, on our test code over here, we're going to put in this where we can remote it and act like we're there. And then somebody forgets to take it out. I totally understand how that happens. But okay, first you know, off, first off, you're assuming that they're doing proper testing. And I will say that might be a stretch. And, but I, I don't buy that because if that were the case, the password would be like admin. It's so simple. We're going to make it. This was intentionally obfuscated. Capital F, capital G, capital T, capital A, lowercase b, lowercase c, 11, asterisk, lowercase x, lowercase y, plus sign, capital Q, lowercase q, lowercase z, 27. That meant that they didn't want anybody to find it, but they wanted to leave it there. Mm. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so thanks for trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I call BS on that. This was an intentional backdoor to make that easier for them to do whatever they wanted to do. Maybe, honestly, what they wanted to do was provide stellar customer service and being able to look at somebody's router and fix the tables uh, is, is what they had in mind. Maybe it was something that they were selling to the NSA or, or ordered by the NSA to do. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I can't say, but to, to give anybody access to an SSH uh, prompt on a backbone uh, router without their knowledge is malicious. I don't care what you call it. That is a malicious activity. Maybe. The last three companies I've worked for have used Fortinet devices. Oh. A school and two law firms. They're big because they're not as yeah. expensive as some of the others, uh, and, and they work well. Uh, so... <sighs> scary well may maybe it's just something as quote unquote in heavy huge fluffy sparkling glittering air quotes maybe it's something as innocent as you know how now if you find a 90 year old guy he's racist well because they were all racist back then kind of thing maybe the guy who made this decision in this router is 70 or 80 years old back when security really wasn't a thing and he thought he was doing something really smart and cool. But, but their response to it was was so tone deaf. They did say, all right, we've fixed it. So I uh, get tone that. Deaf, tone deaf. Maybe his hearing aid went <laughs> But Fortinet is a, they're not a router. They are a security device. Well, that's so, true. You know, it, mm. it, this, isn't, this isn't a backbone router. This is your gateway appliance. So I mischaracterized that. You're absolutely well, right. Um, then maybe I'll just shut up. <laughs> so here's the thing that you install to make sure that you're secure, and we're going to make it so secure that we can get into it anytime we want. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> yeah. But they but fixed okay, it. Yeah. They and well, and here's the thing: they didn't tell anybody they exactly. fixed it. People have been going through the security advisories, and there's well, been nothing that of says this. And that would now, make it if, more insecure. Yeah. So, and of course, you know, every company out there waits on bated breath for every update for every piece of software that comes in and immediately installs it to make sure their system is the latest and greatest. Okay. I mean, we all know that's true, right? Yeah. I, uh, this was probably originally set up to make it easier to, to remote set up, uh, masses of them via scripts. Uh, and then, you know, the way to do that is to, the easiest way to do that is to hard code us a, a hidden security by obscurity password. Um, and then they just left it there. That's the thing. You can't, you can't just leave it there. Well, you know, somebody said in a meeting, 
hey, guys, you know, we should take out that password before we release this code. And the next day they introduced the newest member to that team. So <laughs> yeah. that's probably. You know, uh, unfortunately, stuff like that happens. So um, I don't, you know, because you don't want to make waves regardless of whether the waves are there or not. All right. So, uh, moving on to the next story. Uh, who says gamers don't, uh, I, I got nothing. Uh, Valve had to upgrade their internet. I, I don't even know why this is a story. Everybody has to upgrade. Well, yeah, but you know, they went up to a hundred gig, uh, hundred GBPS internet to handle all their massive growth. So, you know, luckily L3 is their provider. So they're a company. L3 is a company that will sell you a hundred gig port if you need it. So, Steam needs it. They grow ridiculous. You know, they're still not like PlayStation Network or my Xbox Network, but they're getting there. So, and Valve is stepping up and buying the bandwidth to make sure the games flow smoothly. And the good news is, is it's the same company where if you need your body scanned, they'll do that too. Yeah. The, the, uh, the takeaway for me to this is not that they upgraded, but that Steam averages 500 petabytes of data a month with 10 million concurrent players. Ooh. Ooh. That's, that's a, that's not small. That's a dang yeah. there. That's, that's like, wow. And that still doesn't break the top 10 upstream, downstream, or aggregate, or aggregate, um, per month. So, wow. Yeah. With Netflix at, uh, Oh, they don't have the numbers there. I was going to look at the the numbers of petabytes. It's it's massive, right. uh, but I'm sure, yeah, BitTorrent is still the king for upstream. Yep, right, good. Which that that uh, tells me that there's not much upstream on the internet because, uh, you know. So I let me say, this there was a new show that came out the, this last week. The, the 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 new spring seasons are happening, uh, and it was on Fox. And I wanted to to watch it, but I missed it. X five. I, I had I had forgotten to oh. uh, DV, set my DVR, uh, or I thought I had, and I didn't. Whatever, it, it didn't work. So after the show had aired, I realized, oh, I missed it. Uh, so I wanted to go back and get it. So I went to Fox's website, and I could do it there, but only only on a computer, right? A real computer running Windows uh, or Linux or whatever, probably. Uh, but I couldn't do it on my Roku. So I went looking for, uh, in Roku, the neat thing about that is you can type in any name of show or an actor or whatever, and it'll show you things even on channels you don't, you don't have. And so the only way I could get it was to pay like three bucks for it, um, or subscribe to the whole season for $20. I don't want to do that. I, I just want to see the show. I don't even know if I like it yet. And this is a thing that was aired earlier this week. So they forced me to, to go to the old pirate bay and, and be one of those BitTorrent guys. Because there was no legal way for me to watch it where I wanted to watch it. Yes, I could have watched it on my laptop. So it's not that they didn't make it available. So they didn't make it available where I wanted. So this is both both whining uh, because I'm a, a a lazy guy who didn't want to to jump through their hoops and uh, uh, a point a finger pointing at at Fox and CBS and all you guys. You're missing the boat here. People want to watch your stuff, um, and you're not giving us the opportunity. I could go to Hulu to do it. But I had to pay seven ninety nine a month for the privilege of watching ads, or what twelve or thirteen uh, for no ads. If I'm going to pay you seven dollars a month, I'm not going to watch ads. 
Uh, so it's just that's why BidTorrent is up there. I, I think it's not always, you know, porn and and Hollywood movies. I think it's also people who just can't get stuff anywhere else. Well, you know, oh, like, and Linux, see, Linux distros. That's the reason that BitTorrent is way up there. Yeah, lots of people use torrents <laughs> for that. But no, you know, like CBS, they are trying to uh, float basically a pulling their stuff out of Netflix because they want to get all the money for their catalog. And so I think they're partnering with Time Warner or someone to do a Netflix-esque service. Like, I like, I watch Supergirl just because, you know, I like watching the superhero shows, but I don't get home in time to see it. So I watch it on their website and I don't have a problem with the way they do it. I'm watching basically a TV show. It plays for about 15 minutes and it runs some ads plays for another 15 minutes and it runs some ads. And so it's just like watching it on TV, but they say, you know, you want, you know, there's always free one week trial of our service, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm not going to pay you any money for this. But, um, so I don't know. I, there should be a way, you know, like they should have an app. Do they, do they even have an app in the Android store? Like the, the CBS or Fox app where you can watch it supported that way they do on roku i don't know about uh android and and after i told my story there I'll, I'll i'll finish it i did find the fox now app on the roku and i was able to watch it uh so i didn't i didn't finish the bit tour download download but i did start it uh because i wanted to check it out and and that still goes to the fact that it's it's still way too hard for cord cutters to watch stuff well it's not hard it's always convoluted right each thing is a different channel to come in this one is the Android app. This one is the Roku app. This one is a web page. This and they're all different ways. This is the first time I've legitimately, which is the wrong word, used BitTorrent this past week for the first time in literally like eight years, and it was because I was after watching episode seven. I downloaded the despecialized editions of Star Wars episodes four, five, and six, and all I have to say is. They're glorious. Yes, I own those. Well, illegally, yes. Of course I of course they're illegal, but I also own the regular ones, so I felt okay right. about it. Well, and as soon as Disney releases them, because you know they will, because Disney loves money. As soon as they release the original original originals out, I will happily scrape money off of something in this household and buy them. Yep. I won't won't think twice about it. Right. I, I bought the the box set on on VHS when they came out in like 94, 95. Uh, and, and then I bought the, uh, the prequels, even though I didn't really like them that much. Uh, I bought those on DVD. So I have those, uh, that whole thing. So it didn't, I didn't feel too bad about getting the despecialized versions to get what I already had, but that's a rationalization because I still broke federal law to do it. Exactly. At least I'm not broadcasting it in front of thousands of people. Exactly. You hypothetically <laughs> might have done something like this if that were an important thing to you. Um, I just, all, I, I all don't. statements I, made for entertainment purposes only and do not constitute legal admissions. I just couldn't look at digital Jabba uh, with yeah. with digital Harrison Ford stepping uh, up over him. I just couldn't uh, see that again. That scene was so painful. It literally twisted my heart, it hurts so bad. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about a company who's doing things right. Uh, Forbes um, said, you, you, if you want to use our stuff, you got to turn off ad blockers. Okay, and then <laughs> they prove the reason that you have ad blockers by promptly serving up malware. 
Yes, um, this story comes via extremetech.com. And, you know, I've run across Forbes stories um, for the show, and we've used them as news sources before, but stuff like this happens. And, you know, they picked on Forbes for here, but they were in the article saying, hey, Forbes isn't the only one who does this. They're just one of them. And this goes into the whole advertising on the internet is hard because somebody even if you approve this ad all they have to do is update a package on that after you improve it or have it to where only every 20th or every 50th person gets the malware downloaded to them and in order to look at their site you have to disable your first and maybe second line of defenses to even be able to see it and um, Forbes is probably they're one of the more egregious ones on how they, you know, hey, you have an ad blocker. We have a website. Um, the two of those never shall meet. So, um, but yeah, so Forbes serves up malware, making you turn off your ad blockers. Right. But and again, they're not the only one who does it. I have stood by in the past and defended the fact that if you don't want me to see your content, if I block ads, that's your right. And I'm okay with that. Um, I think it's a bad business decision. But it's yours to make. Um, I won't go to a Forbes site because I have a blo- an ad blocker and it won't let me see it. And that's just, that's the way it is. Um, but the, the, the double edge to that sword is if you're going to force people to see your ads, you got to really scrutinize your ads. And they fell, fell down on that part. That's too much like work, Mark. Well, um, and- you know, and again, the ad that they approved isn't necessarily the one you saw because it's coming from a third-party website. How easy is it yeah. to manipulate that once it's been approved? So they could have done their due diligence and searched and scrutinized and said, hey, all these ads are good, but then they could have gotten changed after that because that's the nature of advertising on the Internet. It's It, it sucks. Um, it You know... But it's okay because we don't use websites anymore. Everything is apps now. So oh, this geez. is kind of a dead story. Uh, do you guys use ad blockers? I do. You do? Seth? Yeah, uh, sometimes I do. Like on this computer, because I really only ever have it on when I'm when I'm doing this show, I don't. But m- my tablet I use day to day, I do. I have it because I haven't used an, a genuine ad blocker in over four years. Partially, I just don't go. To websites, I don't tr- I, I don't recognize, which extremely limits how much stuff I see on the internet. But I thought, and I'd be happy, happy, happy to pay Google the ability to when I click a search result or something, and I and I don't like that website because of how they do stuff, to hit back and say block this website from all search results for X number of months because of their horrible ad practices. I would happily pay money for a service that did that. Yeah. Well, no, wait a minute. I, I don't use an ad blocker. I use like a no script. So, I mean, technically it's an ad blocker, but that's not. It just happens one. to block ads as yeah. it's trying to increase your security. That The fundamental thing here is it's about control. It's the spam problem with email. Uh, email is sender controlled. The user has almost no control over what comes to them. Uh, the same as physical mail. Anybody can mail me any junk mail they want. And I can't stop people from stuffing that in my mailbox. Um and in fact, it's once it goes in the mail system, it's the you know federal law for somebody to impede it from coming to my mailbox. How little, no, no matter how little I want it, I have been throwing away copies of Seventeen magazine for four and a half years now because they decided I had a subscription that I didn't want, 
Um, so every month it comes and I go straight to the recycle bin. Um, the spam is the same thing, but the, the difference with spam is it costs a whole lot less to send an email than it does to mail me a copy of 17 magazine, um, or bride magazine. I get that one too. I don't know why. Uh, but anyway, the, the problem is control. So if I want to take control of my browsing experience and, and browsing web browsing is different because you are actively retrieving data. It's not like email where, where data comes to you and it, it, it comes to a Dropbox. It's you going out and saying, server, I want this stuff. I should have the right as the viewer to choose which stuff I want to see. I should be able to choose which bits come to me. This is a fundamental control issue. And the, 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 the server people, the guys who run the websites, want to control what you see. And the, the end user wants to control what they see. And there's where the clash is. It's like... The thing I witnessed with podcast di distribution and stats, stats rule everything. So I have to have my shows on a server that I quote unquote own and control, and I can watch the bits go out when someone like a uh, stitcher takes a copy of my show and stores it on their server. They almost ruin my ability to gain stats. So with the ads, it's their same kind of principle. They want to control the flow of data. Once you hit, you want this page, you're going to get it no matter what. So we can accurately account for this. It's a horrible metric. And I hate to say this, but I do feel like half of what we complained about on this show so far, if we would have only won the $1.4 billion, we wouldn't be complaining about this because the Apple thing was a complaint about money. The ad <laughs> thing was, a, I mean, it's about, because and I hate to say it, but that's why I optioned for YouTube Red. I wanted to give myself that experience of watching YouTube videos and my son watching YouTube videos with zero ads on it. And let me tell you, it is gold. It is night and day difference. And I happen to get a Google Play music subscription on that as well, which I once in a while when I wake up in the morning, I listen to some weird hour or something. So, Dora, it goes back to what you were saying. You, you flippantly said that's too much like work. And that's really what it comes down to. Um, if Forbes could guarantee me that every ad I see existed on their ser server solely from their server, was generated by their copywriting team, I, I wouldn't have a problem with it. It's not that you I have a like, problem with ads. Right. You mean like podnuts.com. Exactly. Which is why I'm very happy to say, go and run your ad blockers. I don't care. Because you're not going to block my ads. My ads are on my website and emanate from my files. So no ad blocker will ever stop them. Yeah, it's the same way with, with the podcast, the ads that we do on this show. You can't block them. You can skip over them, but you can't right. block them because they come with the content. And But that's, as you said, Dor, too much like work. They don't want to actually have an ad department. They, uh, they don't want to have to be, do all that. They want to outsource that because it's easy and cheap. But then it becomes a quality control problem. And Seth, you said it beautifully. They may have done the initial quality control, but they have not Maybe. been sampling yeah. every ad that goes out. So this is a problem of everybody wants to do things the easy way. Nobody wants to take responsibility for anything. The, this, the Forbes doesn't want to take responsibility for it. The ad network doesn't take want to take responsibility for it. They're not responsible either, right? They vetted this guy way back when um the user doesn't want to take responsibility for it because we don't want the ads in the first place so when nobody takes responsible for anything what you get is the lowest common denominator of human life uh leeching and preying on people that's that's where criminals and low-life scum get their power is because they take responsibility for the things nobody else wants to well said sir 
Well, see, and I thought you were going towards the quote of the movie, the, um, the, um, in, um, in, um, Credibles, when everyone is super, no, no one, one is. is. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm mad at Forbes about this, and I'm mad at whatever the third party website is, and I'm mad at me. Uh, because we're all at fault here. The, actually, the only person I can't be mad at is the scumbag who put the malware in, because he's just he's he's me, meeting a market. There's a demand yeah. for that, and he's meeting that demand. Well, yep. see, I'm not mad at all because I run Linux. So good, <laughs> but put all the malware you want in those ads. I don't care. Yeah, you know. Well, and the thing is, the malware gets stealthier and stealthier. Like, um. I was working at a school district and our, one of our websites got hacked, but it was impossible to like prove because it was so sophisticated. It only sent you that uh, whatever. I don't even remember if it was a pop up or an attempt to download something. The first time it registered that IP address. So you nice. go back to it. You know, and all of a sudden it's fine. And, you know, and if you're behind a firewall that shows, you know, then it, so it's like, but I'm going there and I'm not seeing anything. So, you know, then you have to get scanners involved and go, oh, crap, this thing's uh -huh. bad. Um, but, you know, it's just stuff like that makes it hard. They, the malware market is unfortunately, I mean, it's competitive and cutthroat and they want to make sure their malware stays out there. So they do, they put a lot of effort into hiding it and concealing it. See, that hack makes me both hate you and respect you all at the same mm -hmm. time. Because yeah. I, I respect you as an engineer because that's brilliant. I hate you as a low life because you're a low life, but you're a low life that I can take my hat off to. You're a low life with skills. Yeah. It's, it, we, we did the story where the, the guy got hit with the ransomware about child porn being on his computer. So he took it to the police right. department and turned himself in because it was on his computer. So, you know, at that point, it's like, you know, you scum and you suck, but free pass today. So, <laughs> uh, that, that's good. That I, I, I like stories like that that generate a difference of opinions. We all had a different take on this, but none of us disagreed with each other. That's, that's, it's weird how that works. That can only happen on the internet. Um, I was, I was, well, anyway, I'm just going to oh. let that go there. And wait a minute. Yes. I, there, there's a disturbance. Uh -oh. Mark, you're wrong. Uh oh. Sorry. I had to fix oh. that disturbance. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. We almost got through a show without somebody telling me I was wrong. I'm getting to have that. <laughs> no. So, Seth, tell us what happened this week in history. Okay. This is a really cool thing. Uh, January the 18th. 1903. So it's been a while back. The oh United States president, Theodore Roosevelt, sends a radio message to King Edward VII, the first transatlantic radio transmission originating in the United States. That happened this day in history, or this week in history, low these century plus ago. So how many years, Seth, if, if you can remember vaguely, was that after the transatlantic telegraph method message like 70 years wasn't that 1830 something like that um no not not that far it no the transatlantic thing it was around this same time let me because i remember go. the we did the telegraph thing not too long ago right uh and by not too long ago i mean sometime in the last three and a half years um <clears throat> But I, I just wonder how long it took to go from, because this isn't cables. This is radio waves. That's a whole right. different thing. But it probably used, you can't send a radio signal 3,000 miles. 
well, you around the curvature of a planet. You can send it three thousand miles straight, but you can't send a radio signal from from England to the U.S. because of the cur curvature of the Earth. So this had to go through a bunch of dis different substations. So this was a much bigger deal than it may seem like uh, at the uh, moment. Okay, in 1902, the Commercial Pacific Cable Company laid the first Pacific Telegraph cable from San Francisco to Honolulu. So it was actually after this radio that they did around the world uh transmission of the of the telegraph. Okay. So So I, I'm sh I'm sure that the telegraph existed maybe between um you know because there's a lot more the Atlantic Ocean is smaller than the Pacific and there's more commerce between Europe and America. Um I'm sure that was probably laid before but the the worldwide one that didn't happen until later. And when the Titanic sank in 1912, the the Marconi wireless was what they were calling it was was still a relatively new thing in that it was portable wireless. Portable wireless right. was a big deal. It took a lot of power to generate these things. So these would have all had to be uh you know generator powered or or some kind of substations across the Atlantic. Anyway, big big deal uh that doesn't seem like much when you read the sentence. President sent something to the king, so what? But when you realize the technolo technological undertaking, it's really a, a big deal. Yeah. So, and like the first transatlantic telephone cable wasn't done until the mid-1950s. So, for a long time, it was radio and telegraph. So, cool stuff that, you know, is blasé by today's standards. But if you just step back and go, what did they do before this? That makes this freaking awesome. So. Yeah, and now we send stuff to Mars. We send messages back and forth to Mars uh, in a few minutes. Um, it's a great time to be alive. I keep saying that, but it's so true. Um, all right, so last up, Seth, the show closing spectacular. What do you have to lower my productivity so that you seem like a better hiring option? Okay, uh, this one is pretty cool. It is the passive-aggressive password machine. Try PAP.com, all one word. You go there, and uh, you click in the thing, and you enter a password, and as you put characters in, um, like you type one letter, it says, I need a password, not this monstrosity. And then so you add stuff, and, you know, passive-aggressive kind of thing. Don't come crying to me when you're hacked. <laughs> Just fun stuff. I'm not angry. Just disappointed. Yeah. Weak. Just weak. And I've got like a 20-character message. So, anyway, trypap.com for your passive-aggressive password machine, um, whatever you're looking for. Toddlers eat passwords like yours for breakfast. Wow. <laughs> Fun stuff. Uh, if I were evil, I'm not evil. But sometimes I can think like an evil person. I would have a logger on this uh, because people are going to type in their real passwords to see what they get. I'm just going to say, I guarantee you this website is part of a security research team gathering and you're going to see a paper come out in X number of months and say, here's what people use for passwords. They use one, two, three, monkey, one, two, three. And it's because people coming to this site, not wanting to type in their real password and typing in monkey, one, two, three. <laughs> I just typed like 37 characters and got, that'll do big. That'll do. Yeah. Um, I've had this one in, uh, in reserve for over a year. So I don't know. I don't know, you know, cause like Steve Gibson had a thing and it did everything on your machine. It didn't send any of the stuff back. I haven't looked at the code to know whether 
this is recording and tracking your passwords or if it's just a you know for every digit for x number of digits display this and um <laughs> I haven't looked at the code, so try it at your own risk. It's pretty strong. I what do guess. you mean you haven't looked at the code? I can't believe that. Seth, you would bring a link to the show and not look at the source code of the website? Good. Yeah. <laughs> the, We're the, called Geek Rant, not Security Rant. The thing at the top says it's a, it's a project and the exploration of minimalist design. It says it's really simple, really. Uh, it's oh. simple, really. You enter a password, any password, and the PAP machine will will be honest, asterisk, about your password length. And the asterisk says, honest like a lawyer or your cold-hearted ex. <laughs> well, this is a good design. I give them that. It's it's simplistic. That's fun stuff. Um, I hope that the days of passwords are very nearly to an end. I think, I, I hope that when my youngest daughter is my age, uh, which is uh, 35 years from now, that she will be looking back and say, I remember this quaint time when we had to enter a password to get into our stuff. And there was no DNA encoding or whatever. Uh, passwords are a, a hack that should never have lasted as long as they have. Hmm, yeah. I hate them. 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 And I hate the fact that places remember my password. My job remembers my last X passwords. Can you think of anything more unsafe and anything that's more of a honeypot for somebody who wants to get into than the vault of quote unquote st saved password hashes? That can't be good. It cannot be good. Yeah, because I'm sure that every uh, Windows uh, server administrator went in and customized the hash of their server the moment they set it up. Yeah, oh, of I, course. You can't install it unless you customize that hash, right? Yeah, lots lots of random salt added. No. No. It, <laughs> it, it, the, that's one of those security by obscurity. The only reason it's safe is because nobody's cracked it yet. But, wow, you're right, Dory. That's, that's monstrous. Once somebody figures out how to crack that, you have every secure password ever used in every corporate environment for the last 20 years. Well, and maybe, that's why maybe I, it's already been cracked and we just don't that's know. That's true. Very plausible. And I'll say, I told my employer, A, I don't use my quote unquote real passwords here. You need to understand what I meant. I said, the passwords I use here, I only ever use here. I do not mix. Right. Home passwords and work passwords. And then I said, secondly, he asked me for my security question and he said, what's your mother's maiden name? And when I answered him, I gave him an answer like beef tobacco. And he did not understand that. And I said, do you think for a split second, I'm giving you my mother's real maiden name? Are you high? You know, no, never, ever. Yeah. And most of us, you know, if you're, if you remember all the passwords, right? So you're going to add a one to the end of it. And the next time it's going to be a two. And then the next time it's going to be a three. And, uh, policies like that actually uh, force weaker passwords, not better ones. Yes. Well, and I have no problem with telling you my first password I ever used on the internet was www333 because that was my tag number on my car. And then my next password after that was 28 fly. That's because that's when I got my 28 eight modem. <laughs> uh, I had a, a randomly generated password given to me by an ISP in 93. And it was so good. I've used a variation of it ever since. It's nice. not that password, 
but it's a variation of it because it, I can remember it. It's a memory trig, trigger that this randomly generated, I think it was only six characters. I've added many characters to it since then. But uh, it's it's like the, it's my, it's my salt that I use in my own personal hash. Okay. Cool. That, that went weird. Um, when, when you when you when you say a phrase like my own personal hash, the only thing left to do is end the show. Uh, so this is the part of the show where I tell will tell you how you can get your own mini rant right here on the show. You can go to elementop.com, click the contact us button at the top of the page that will uh, give you a nicely formatted form there that sends a an email to me that gets priority in my inbox. If you want to contact me, that is the preferred way to do it. Secondly, you can send us an email at geekrant at elementop.com that goes to Chris, Seth, and myself, lest you think I am filtering their emails. You can call us as Dor so frequently does at 559-IAM-OP and uh, leave us a voicemail there and we'll put it on. Or you can download the Zcast app and comment it there. It's really come a long way. If it's been a while since you checked it out, check it out again. It's been updated on a regular basis. I haven't talked about it much on the show, uh, but it's really coming along and uh, it is it is really almost to the point, not quite there, but almost to the point where I would tell people that this could be your daily driver RSS uh, uh player uh, podcast player that's the word i was looking for okay so, and how are the and how do they get this app Mark? it's it, any of the most recent in any of the uh notes on our page for like the last year have a link to the edl app or the geek or the the zcast as it's called app now so it only exists right now on my servers it's not in the store but go to elementopa.com and you will see it a link to it there uh door what do you have to sell to us, to plug to us, to to tell uh, people about? Nothing. 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 If they want to know anything about me, go to the notes, and Mark will have a link for you. So you don't you don't run a podcast network or do other shows or anything like that? I might, but you won't know unless you go to the show notes. Oh, wow. That's, that's really putting responsibility on the listener right there. I have to drive traffic to your website. Isn't that my task while I'm here, Mark? <laughs> your task is to be entertaining and erudite, and you've done them both. Oh, well, we're both in trouble. <laughs> Seth, hey, any final words of wisdom from you? Are we gonna? Is next week gonna be our big feed, feed our mini rant episode? Um, probably. Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. Okay, and then remember, um, February we're doing financial February, so we wanted oh, to what? tease that. Um, oh man, that sounds painful. Yeah, well, I've I forgot what that what the context of that was. We were what? Remind me, Seth. Remind the audience, and I'm gonna pretend <laughs> like this is just a prompt. Well, we had talked about off air doing just talking about finances and it was kind of spurred a little bit with the Bitcoin stuff that Miles threw out. And so we thought about why not just break down financially what you can do on the web and it's going to cover everything, you know, every, and so we're going to take a month to do it, you know, different how you can do online savings account, online stock trading every make money online all that kind of stuff we're just going to talk about it uh, and we're going to spend the month doing it because we're going to kind of break it down and we've christened february financial february and if it falls on its face it'll be the last time we ever have a month-long theme this is an experiment we're doing in themes right theme podcast uh the idea the the behind that was that we often cover these topics like the facebook thing and and the uh the the feedback goes uh, trails out for weeks uh, so what we thought we would do is is have a theme month, and then the last show of that month would be your 
feedback so that we kind of build that process into it. And there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff there to go in the finance. We could talk about uh, cryptocurrencies. We can talk about uh, you know how to make sure that nobody is reading your uh, uh, chip on your card by using a you know a, a wallet. There, there's lots of fertile ground there, plus all kinds of new stuff. So. This is our first experiment. Tell us what you think. Uh, also, if you have other themes that you'd like us to do, um, I don't know that we could come up with a theme for every uh, uh, month uh, that has a nice alliterative name. Um, um, meet March. Uh, I don't know where we talk only about bacon and, and pork products. Um, I mean, yeah, because we, we've not been giving bacon enough love here recently. True. You know, I, I haven't made a slab of bacon in over a year. And in fact, I have a listener who over at uh, the Patreon site, elementopi.com slash Patreon, has pledged enough to be in the you get a slab of bacon uh, uh, tier. And, and I owe him that slab of bacon. So maybe I'll do a whole show on curing bacon and how, how to do it without killing people, because there is actually a trick to that. We're still waiting on the, the, on the coffee extract stuff. Well, I've told you all I know about the coffee. There's, no, there's just documentation. Nothing I know that's the thing. The documentation. Uh, let me tell you that that is still an ongoing experiment. In fact, right now mm-hmm. I have a batch. Um, I've been experimenting mm. with vacuum storing. Uh, mm-hmm. the best way to store it. So I have oh. a I have a test batch right now that is vacuum sealed but not refrigerated, and I want to see if the secret is in the oxidation or if the temperature matters. So it is and an see, ongoing experiment. I just don't have anything. I don't have any findings to present yet. No, but nobody would have known that unless I would have dug it out of you. That's true. But it's, at some point, I was planning on just giving you an extract. And at some point being when I'm 73 years old and I've, I've finished the experiments. This is okay. the longest show closing we've ever done. <laughs> yeah, and I was just thinking, man, we're doing so well. We got this thing right at an hour. And then 27 minutes later, um, we're still going. Okay. Um, where was I? Yes. Uh, financial February. Uh, Door doesn't do any podcasts. Uh, and and uh patreon.com give us money um okay i think that pretty well covers it i I like money money is good um door may or may not have a patreon uh of his own but you'll have to come to our website to find out Uh, mental note to mark make sure you put something in the notes about that (laughs) (laughs) okay thanks for hanging out with us on on geek rant and we look forward to 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 seeing you next week next week But that ends this episode of The Geek Rant.